I don't know how he keeps doing it. I don't know how it's because it's because Brian is so good with like coming out of left field when like yeah. you, your mind isn't even on the. I hit you from jokes. different angles. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I saw the trap coming and I couldn't. I couldn't look away. I, I, I didn't see it coming. I stepped right into that. Everything went in slow motion. <laughs> nah, that one hit me right <laughs> between <laughs> the eyes. Same. That was a sack of bricks. everybody and welcome back to send news the inside gaming podcast i'm your host brian gar thank you so much for being with us got a little bit of a short staff today let's introduce ourselves i'm uh here by popular demand everybody (laughs) has been requesting you know the the twitter feeds have been hot uh my name is evan Campbell and uh, I'm an editor here at Inside Gaming. The sweet, sweet gamer boy. Yeah, a resident gamer boy. That's me. And I'm also here, Amir Ramirez. <laughs> Hello, it is I. That's it. That's our staff. That's we'll, we'll have that's, some special guests a... joining us later on. But boys, let's talk about the big news of the week. Uh, number one has to be E3 getting canceled, obviously because of the coronavirus. Um, yeah. It was huge, and I think people saw the writing on the wall uh, with GDC getting canceled before that uh, other bit. I mean, everything's getting canceled. Uh, the NBA is suspended South by Southwest here in Austin, but finally the ESA, which want, runs E3 uh, made the announcement saying that they're going to uh, cancel it, obviously because of COVID-19, AKA the coronavirus. They did leave the the door open to doing some sort of internet thing and they said they're coming back next year, but man, this is a huge uh, blow to a convention that already was not doing well. Right. I mean, yes, yeah, especially considering they're already on their last legs. Um, I did see their tweet saying that uh, for 2021, it's going to be like a complete redesign of E3. So I'm curious to see, you know, taking a year off, like kind of focusing on the convention as a whole, just to see what they do with it. And they had already said this year was going to be a reimagined event. It was going to be a big influencer, I don't know what, orgy. Um, Maybe (laughs) maybe a year off wouldn't be the worst thing that happened to E3, um, aside from all the lost revenue and everything. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely was feeling it last week. Uh, Early, I think I tweeted something about it. and, And yeah, it went from like, yeah, they should probably cancel this thing before things get too out of hand, you know, save some face, go in with a plan, right? Like constructively think about how you can move forward from not having this event. But, but you know, I didn't think it would be this close of an announcement for them yeah. to cancel. And, and of course, we saw the writing on the wall a little bit, I guess, with the IM8 bit uh, being hired as the creative directors of E3, I guess, and then dropping out, you know, shortly after we did talk about it on, on the daily, right? Yeah. But I mean, like the thing is... <laughs> Unfortunately, with E3, I mean, this does seem like a nail in the coffin, especially considering all the stuff that has been happening surrounding E3 in the prior months, like with uh, Jeff Keighley dropping out, uh, obviously Sony deciding to do their own thing. Um, There's just not, I mean, for me personally, there's not a whole lot of reason to watch E3 aside from like the more platform agnostic games that are being announced. but yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, but it totally makes sense. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad they did it, uh, you know, with regards to what's going on right now. Do you think it'll be back next year? I think so. I mean, I feel like they already made the announcement that they will be. Uh, it would probably take some crazy, uh, crazy financial issues for them to not do it. Because uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they already booked, uh, you know, the convention center and all that stuff. And I'm sure they got insurance back for 
canceling it with uh, the uh, with the whole coronavirus stuff. So I mean, I'm sure they will. Uh, like I said, it'll probably just be some crazy financial stuff that'll stop them. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I think one of the big concerns, uh, at least when we were talking about it here in the office, is that there's probably a lot of people on the fence about whether or not to drop out of E3 already. I mean, you had Sony dropping out. Microsoft is there, but they're not on like inside the convention hall. And then uh, EA obviously does EA play during the weekend now even, and E3's just gotten so weird. But now anyone else who was on the fence about not doing that show uh, may just like this might be that that pinnacle moment where even if they do come back next year, uh, have people decided that the worth, the, the value of E3 just isn't there. Publishers, right. uh, medium-sized devs uh, to even slightly larger-sized dev- developers. Yeah, I think that uh, for big developers, you know, uh, Sony's already pieced out of this twice. They weren't going to come yeah. this year for the second yeah. year in a row. Nintendo uh, and others, EA, they've pulled back. They've learned they can kind of do it on their own. I actually talked to some indie devs, though, um, who have said it's going to have a big impact on them, uh, especially like ones overseas who made you know uh, uh, plans to fly over here. Um, little smaller devs who can't necessarily command a lot of attention on their own, they still depend on E3, uh, you know, to get eyeballs on their game and get, try to lure journalists over to their booths. I, I it's going to hurt them. There's no way around it. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, GDC. I mean, you know, there were a lot of uh, indie devs that were hurt by that, you know, considering they, you know, go out there to showcase their stuff and, you know, they spend all this money to go out there and do it and to have it kind of uh, the rugs, you know, what, what's saying pulled from out yeah, so, or, yeah yanked yeah. out from under you yeah. yeah so I mean it's uh it's unfortunate but you know like I said it, for for the greater good of uh mankind and totally you know, yeah, yeah and and this is obviously way more important to to try to get a handle on a, a friggin pandemic than video <laughs> games but but yeah from an industry perspective uh, I sent out a bunch of emails when we did the daily on this and I didn't hear back but I just I'm gonna I'm gonna read a few of these that I got from developers I heard from uh, uh, the publishing director of an indie developer in Europe soft serve games his name is Christopher mm-hmm. Wolf. He said E3's cancellations definitely going to have an impact on them. He said, as a company, we put a lot of emphasis on being present at events every year, both in a business capacity, but also to show off our games to the players directly. With E3 now being canceled, we'll be looking to shift a lot of our energy and ideas toward online activities. A bunch of indie publishers have already expressed their desire to do something online. Uh, So, yeah, maybe they're going to you know, join up with some others, do a little indie con. That, that would be kind of yeah. cool. It sounds like yeah. kind of funny. He's already hinting and gearing up at, at doing something similar because they already do the indie showcase, right? So, yeah, yeah and I, I'm interested to see what other kind of uh, teams come out of the woodwork. I'm sure ESA will try to put together something. It's in their benefit to kind of rally, I guess, EA and Microsoft yeah. and get their press conferences to release like same day or something, right. even if it's in a digital format. And the Treehouse stuff too, I mean... They, Nintendo can still do a 14-hour stream. Yeah, uh, it's not going to totally. be hard for them, right? right. Yeah, that, that's all. All that still plays. They're just in a live audience. There's not the stage and everything. Um, but yeah, like the even just the production alone around all the things that happen around E3. Uh, you know, everybody who builds those stages, everybody who's part of a production. When Keeley pulled out, even before the coronavirus kind of 
uh, rush, I guess. It's not really a great way to say it, but uh, <laughs> when he pulled out, I've worked on that show before, and it's it's like 40, 50 people, I yeah. feel like. there's yeah. you know It's not just Keeley, it's like him and four or five uh, producers or associate producers. There's a, like a whole control room staff, like two rows of people working cameras and stuff. So it, like just thinking about that on the, the larger scale for like Microsoft has that huge venue um, and their theater, and then EA is obviously booking a venue. So there's all types of you know, money that flows into this thing that's just kind of evaporated for some people. And for like a lot of video contractors, I know people out there, editors and producers who are like freelance and they have three or four big shows a year. Those guys are real bummed and yeah. gals are real bummed. Oh, totally. And I think for for small indie developers, it's a little bit harder to have like, because uh, I, I know um, Brian, like that, that quote you just read, like for having a social presence, it's a lot harder for smaller indie devs to actually do stuff like, you know, promote their games uh, on Twitter or on YouTube and stuff like that. If you don't already have a large following. Right. Um, right. So I, th I think they would need to lean a lot on, uh, you know, like the, the bigger, bigger companies who do these, these uh, live events or these live streams or uh, what have you. I mean, I just think that they need the help from the bigger companies to even stay afloat. That's yeah, a, yeah that, that's a really good point. I talked to another guy, uh, Fernando Rizzo. His his uh, indie company is uh, called Modern Wolf. They're out of the UK. He actually brought up an interesting point. No smaller indie dev or publisher would have a dedicated show floor presence at E3. But he said a lot of industry partners will bring you along for the ride. Microsoft will show indie games at the Xbox booth. PC Gamer features indies and it's PC gaming show. So it's kind of like being a little, you know, I, I don't know, a little smaller barnacle on the back of a whale. Yeah. Not to <laughs> not That's to good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, but he said. You know, uh, the bigger worry for him is that we're not even this is a quote from him is that we're not even in the eye of the storm yet. Is Gamescom going to be canceled? PAX West, Paris, Paris Games Week. That's the shit that's keeping me and my peers up at night right now. Yeah, that's that's rough. And, and you make a really good point because there's a lot of after hours stuff and interactions that happen between, uh, you know, small fish and big fish. Yeah, it's meetings like, and yeah. yeah, just sort of handshakes and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I've seen indie games uh, at like after parties and stuff that end up getting published later on. Like it, you, you could send Jason Trier your your pitch for your cool new indie game, but I don't think he's going to reply to your email. <laughs> but if he's walking by and sees it somewhere yeah. in E3, then he, you know he's he's gonna it's gonna be on his radar a little bit more. And, and same thing with like anybody who's in the publishing side of things, right? Like Sony has a entire team de de dedicated to third party games, right, and picking up indies. And so does Microsoft. Uh, Idea Xbox, I guess, is probably right. those right. guys and. And Nintendo has Nindies, right? So there's people that run those teams that are at these events looking for that talent. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And it, yeah. yeah. And you'll have like Devolver, which is maybe uh, the best or one of the best known indie publisher. And they'll kind of do their little renegade show out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, you know, most of them can't do that. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an issue. You know, another point people have brought up is, well, people are going to be quarantined. They're going to play more games. Uh, and I asked uh, Fernando Rizzo about that, and he said that might be true. And But he said, but people in quarantine will go buy games they've heard of already. He's yeah, worried about yeah. getting the word out about it. Like, he's got three or four games coming out this year. How do you get the word out about, you know, his games? So yeah. that's a great point. I think a good way to do that would be to take the money that they were planning on uh, putting into this event and put it into like 
sponsorships and like give the money to uh, you know influencers and be like, hey, promote my game. Here's a demo. <laughs> uh, I think that's the best way to do it, honestly, because people who are staying home, you know, they're watching YouTube, they're watching Twitch, or you know, whatever. And if if they see one of these influencers playing their game and you know with a sponsorship, it, that's a good way to get the the name out there too. Yeah. I think you put all that money into making a bot on Twitter that responds to every tweet from President <laughs> Trump and plug your game in every yeah. one. <laughs> Orange man bad, play my game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or whoever that, that trolls Bernie Sanders or trolls Joe Biden, any like right. big time or ninja, any big time figure, you just, uh, you know, uh, troll them get a lot of get a lot of attention plug your game the whole yeah. <laughs> here's my soundcloud approach <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll definitely be feeling the effects of this for a long time yeah. uh it's not just like well we skip e3 this year and and it's over you know it, it, it's it's gonna change things up and it we'll, you know we report daily news so we'll obviously be keeping our ear to the ground to see what's going on. Right and, and, you know, for, but you got to wonder too, if I don't know, there are other big events that are doing well, but yeah, E3 wasn't doing uh, great and it's an right. old school, you know, gather lots of people in a room kind of events. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if the future of those kind of events are, is, is, uh, is drawing to a close. It'll, I, I'll be very interested to see in 2021, how they bounce back from this. And I hope they do. Cause I think E3, yeah. a strong and healthy E3, I think is good for the industry. Yeah. And honestly, who knows, maybe even taking a year off. Cause I mean, it's, yeah, I, I know, I know for like me and like my friends, it's, it's an event. It's like, you know, a thing that, uh, you know, you watch and, you know, you see what's coming out. So I think like taking a year off, uh, you know, kind of being quiet for a year, a lot of people will, you know, look forward to the next one. It might, you know, create like a resurgence for E3 as a whole. Yeah. And it, God, it makes so much news for all of those three or four yeah. days. It's just yeah. every day there's like a million things. It's great for us. You know, right. I, uh, I, I wonder if people just, you know, re uh, release news and stuff like that anyway, during that time or just sort of switch to their own schedule. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, but let's move on to the next big story of this week. Call of Go. Duty Warzone, the battle royale mode uh, and component to modern warfare. It released earlier this week in the first 24 hours, 6 million people tried it. Uh, it's it's uh, getting a lot of attention. It's They're clearly, I think, partnering uh, for lack of a better term, or paying influencers to play their game. Ninja's been playing it, Dr. Disrespect. Yeah. So there's a lot of eyeballs on it right now. So far, it's, it's um, you know, it's the, the number one game on Twitch last time I checked. That's insane. Honestly, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. You know, yeah. it's like Call of Duty is one of those things, like if you put out a Call of Duty game, every everybody within a 100-mile radius is going to come running. Yeah, and uh, this is a free one, so yeah, even better. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You, nobody has to shell out 60 bones for, uh, you know, this year's Call of Duty. That There you go. It's a free one. Free game. I haven't played it yet. Uh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's cool. Uh, Evan, have you played it? I haven't played it yet either, but I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I was pretty into Apex Legends when it first came out. Um, you know, I saw PUBG coming over the horizon when that happened and then yeah. the whole Fortnite takeover. And, you know, I put some time into Fortnite, too. I'm not the biggest fan, but but, you know, I, I like played season two and season three, I think, mm. uh, just to kind of figure out what it was and, and, and learn. I like learning games like that. So I'll definitely check this one out, too. 
uh, just to see what they're adding. Seems like the gulag is cool. I don't yeah. know. It's cool in concept. And uh, those mechanics in the, those games, in the Call of Duty games, are just, you know, they're some of the best in the, right. In the biz, right? So no, totally. It's always worth checking it out just to see if they're like, yep, this shooting's still good. <laughs> or sometimes <laughs> it's Call not of Duty. so good. But... This is a game. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, have yeah. you played it? I, I didn't. I watched a lot of streamers play it uh, yesterday and this morning, and um, it's it's very very fast. It's it's just mm, super fast yeah. paced. Uh, the vehicles were really cool. I saw kind of two guys. They were playing duos, and uh, one of them would just jump in the the jeep and literally ride shotgun, and he's shooting while his buddies, you know, driving him across the map. So it it, it was cool. I mean, it was very fast paced. Um, so I think it's got potential. I mean, yeah, it, it feels like, you know, a triple a game that they gave away for free and they're hoping right. to, you know, get people to pay attention to it. It seems like it's working so far. However, this happened with apex legends last year, almost the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. It got 10 million players in like three days. So, you know, apex has stuck around it. I don't. It's not fair to say it's flop because it does have right. a player base and they're still supporting it. Um, but it, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if uh, if Warzone does we'll better. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, I mean, it's kind of a double edged sword. Uh, I mean, one, I, I think it'll do better because it's Call of Duty. But I also think right. it could it's do worse. Right, it's got that brand, yeah. Right, but I also think it could do worse because it's Call of Duty. And the reason why I say that is because it's, you know, more or less an annual game. It's like a Madden. That's so right, like, yeah. You know, but nothing with Call of Duty, it's not like, uh, you know, you just, you play it and you're already waiting for the next one because they've been dropping one every year. So, I mean, I don't know in terms of uh, longevity how long... Warzone will last. Yeah. And they've tried this before with Blackout and it wasn't, exactly. you know, it didn't really work or, or it, right. you know, maybe worked for a little while, but I don't, you know, they're clearly shifting to this. Yeah. yeah. And fans of Blackout, though, really, really liked it. I feel like there's probably always going to be a dedicated fan base for anything, any new Call of Duty product. Yeah. But I think what's interesting is like having been in, uh, you know, paying attention to games for as long as we have, it's really cool to see or interesting to see things that like history or, or patterns that repeat themselves. You already have kind of a situation like this in the MOBA space, right? Yeah. And before it was RTS games, right? But but I think like an app comparison here is with Dota and League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm. Definitely. And there was yeah. three of those games, but now there's only two really yeah. in terms of the competitive space. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's like a clash of the titans kind of a thing. And, and even if Call of Duty does carve out a, a section of that audience, right? Because that's what they're competing with, uh, Fortnite audience as well as an Apex Legends audience. Even if they carve out their corner, how big is that corner going to be, right? And, exactly. and we've seen games come and go in that way. Um, I think to a lesser extent in terms of branding, at least with like Minecraft, uh, like crafting games and stuff like that also kind of had that or wow was another good example where right it, mmos it kinda, in yeah. the mid in the early to mid 2000s were massive yeah yeah and, and everybody was trying to be that next mmo yeah and nobody ever really did it right so i i wonder you know with the beast that has fortnite just gotten <laughs> too big at this point that there is no such thing as a Fortnite killer at this point. Yeah, but what goes up comes down too. I mean, you know, it, it I, I look at, you know, I, I look at Twitch. It's definitely taking away from Fortnite, at least sort mm. of uh, viewers now. on yeah. Twitch. For now, exactly. Will they come back? Are they going to, you know, uh, you, can, <laughs> you can bet they're huddling at Epic now. Like, okay, what are we going to do? 
What, well, what that Gulag's going thing? in Fortnite, right? <laughs> like that feature that got praised, that's oh, coming over. Most yeah, definitely. Just... <laughs> I'm sure. But like the thing is, I feel like even if Fortnite were to, you know, start to tank, I feel like it would just pull on Minecraft. Because you remember like Minecraft, it's, it started to like significantly go down uh, as far as like a player base goes, like a couple years ago, maybe. Uh, it was when like Fortnite was on the rise and all the kids were flossing and dabbing and uh, mm. at, at their moms. And like, I think... Out of nowhere, Minecraft just like hit like a spike and like it came back up and now it's just as relevant as ever. Yeah, I, I guess the comparison I'd also like to make here uh, is that the the way that Fortnite Apex Legends, their, their games of service, right? And like right. you guys mentioned, uh, as with a yearly title like uh, Call of Duty, what does that mean for Warzone, right? Do you, how, how are they going to do Warzone as a games of service? Does that game get an update when the yes, next? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think that's okay. their plan. Just to give you some quick numbers, I'm on, uh, I'm looking at the top games right now on Twitch. Uh, we're doing this on a Thursday afternoon. 343,000 viewers watching Call of Duty Warzone. The yeah. next highest is just chatting at 190. So, and then <laughs> Fortnite only 74,000. So yeah, it's, you oh. know, it's huge right now, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, uh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see just next week what, what it's doing. Yeah. And then yeah. Fortnite will just roll around with a branding deal with Disney or Marvel or, <laughs> or come right, out with right. a new dance. Yeah. Or Star Ex Wars like they did. And it's just like, who knows? Or, or when their competitive season starts back up again. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So uh, for, for Warzone, do you need uh, Modern Warfare to play it or is it like, no. a, can you, no. No, oh, you, so you can download it. You can go get it right now, I believe. Yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, I, I wonder how much life the battle royale genre has left in it because it's clearly, and since 2017, it's been the, the, the kind of genre, like you said, that MOBAs used to be, that RTSs used to be, that MMOs used to be, you know, and, and at what point does it shake out to just sort of one or two games? Because I think we, we, we still have sort of multiple games in there, but I, I, you know, it's 2020. I feel like maybe it's, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's coming to an end, but but what do I know? It's still uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I thought battle royales were gonna end forever ago. I, I was like, you know, I, I thought it was just like a trend, you know. Right. <laughs> but it's still going strong. So yeah. Who <laughs> knows? Know, I don't. I don't know. All right. We'll see. Moving on. Next story. Uh, Reggie Fizame, the former president of Nintendo America, maybe the. Uh, best known or one of the best known faces in video games, certainly of like gaming executives dropped a bombshell. He's going yeah. to GameStop. He's joining the board uh, to help, help get GameStop back on track. There, there, there are some others too that are joining uh, the CEO of PetSmart and uh, a, a former Walmart executive and CEO, but Reggie's oh. the big name here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one breaks my heart a little bit because I feel like he had such a perfect run at Nintendo yeah. and you know he is a business dude doing businessy things but but yeah jumping on the board for GameStop seems like a real businessy move yeah. uh and we're going to I feel like we're going to see a different side of Reggie you know it's like when you find out that your parents are mortal right like <laughs> this is this is that moment for me you're just like oh it's a great no. comparison yeah well he was uh, in other corporate -y stuff before i mean like oh, he for did sure, yeah. he did yeah. time i think like a pizza hut and stuff so like 
uh, he was, you know, let's see. Yeah. I'm looking at his Wikipedia. He had previous sales and marketing executive roles at Procter and Gamble, Pizza Hut, Guinness, Derby cycle, Panda express and VH one. So yeah, it, it wasn't all, he's not one of these video game lifers. Oh right? yeah. Not, not at all. But you know, the image that they portrayed of him while he was at Nintendo and all those totally. directs and yeah. presentations is, is not as much that right. It's like your friendly uncle who it works at Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. He's that guy. He, he looks way more yeah. Nintendo than he does Pizza Hut. <laughs> well, he had, that took time, right? He had such a great and, and does have such a great story. He, he, his parents were Haitian immigrants and, you know, he sort of, it, it, he kind of worked his way up and super yeah. cool. And yeah, I, I think for modern Nintendo, I think it's him. I think it's Iwata, Miyamoto. I mean, he was with Nintendo from 2003 to last year so. You know, yeah, you're, you're talking yeah. about the Wii, the DS, the uh, the Wii U. Obviously, that didn't work out. But then they came back hard with the Switch. I mean, he left uh, he left uh, Nintendo he in good shape. Oh yeah, totally. And honestly, his transition to GameStop, like I get it, it makes sense. But I don't know. I, I think GameStop it it doesn't have the best image. And yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm sh- I'm sure that they're bringing Reggie over because he does have the best image. So <laughs> I can't I can't help but to wonder if maybe this is just like a, a PR stunt. Like, hey, look, we got the guy you love. You know that guy you like from Nintendo? He's here now. So love us again, please. I think it's yeah. a really smart move on their part oh, totally. to do that. It's, yeah, to put a yeah. nice a nice face on it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super smart. In terms of what his actual effect on on their situation is, what because he's just on the board of investors, right? He's not like a new CEO or no, he, uh, he's he's right? not a CEO, so he he's not day to day, but he is on the board of directors. So oh, I see they're kind of over the CEO. I, I, I most boards, I mean, they sort of have higher and firing power over the CEO. They they they're sort of the the people from thirty thousand feet up who make the big decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for GameStop too, it's it's exactly what you said. I think it's it's to put a, a beloved face onto their team, and it's a nice you know one day headline for them. Exactly, and I think when even God though he knows is, they could use that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and even if he is just on the board, you know they're going to be slapping his face on every sure. every modicum of advertising they do. Oh, so it's I'm uh, not ready. What yeah. what do you guys think is the move for GameStop? Like if you were now a uh, boss of GameStop, what would you do to fix things? Oh God. How would you pull this thing out of the grave? Well, here's, here's the thing, right? I worked at GameStop for a while. I was a senior game advisor. It's the worst title ever. I hated that job. I hated the company. I still hate GameStop <laughs> for, uh, it's a story for another day. They accused me of stealing. It was a whole thing. They they extorted oh, no. me for seven hundred dollars. It was a whole thing. I hate that company. They made you pay them seven hundred dollars. Yeah, over for not stealing. For not stealing. Oh, right. so, screw that! You should have lawyered up, dude. Yeah, I know, man. I know. But I was I was young and dumb, and you know, it was it's whatever. I I don't like that company. I still shop there when I have to, but. Um, I mean, either way, I, I do think it's a smart move on their part to bring Reggie on board. But uh, if I was the boss of GameStop, I would pull the plug just based off my own bias. <laughs> yeah. Out of spite, I would kill that company. I, I think of GameStop, I think of them mistreating employees or making them work long hours or, or just making them work all by themselves with no help with yes. a line of 20 people. And I think of uh, them offering you three bucks for your trade in that you paid 60 bucks for, (laughs) you know, that 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 whole thing uh, 
I don't. I mean, because I've I've gone to trade at games at GameStop, and I even even I've thought like sometimes like, whoa, this is actually a pretty good deal. I think that was just like a meme that started. Um, I mean, it's really not that bad unless you're trading in like some like old game that they have like a million copies right, of. Right. And I know when I was working there, they even started just not taking certain games anymore because it's like it's more insulting to offer you a penny uh, for you know, yeah. NBA 2K 10 or whatever. Right. Um, th- then to just not accept it at all. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, like games like uncharted four that they have a million copies of. And th- yeah. yeah. They just don't want. Yeah, exactly. It just, it creates way too much stock in that freezing cold back room. I mean, <laughs> a store reduction has to be coming, right? Like physical locations are I, probably going to I already them. do that. Oh, they have, I mean, they've closed a lot of stores. They still have a bunch, but they, you know, I think they have 4,800, 5,800 stores still. Most are in the U.S. and Canada. They yeah. have closed stores. I'm sure they'll probably close more, you know, if if they're just underperforming. Um, yeah, so it, it, I don't think they've found their bottom yet because I think, um, I think the new consoles coming out this holiday, if they do come out this holiday right, season, which right. I have my doubts because of Corona, but yeah. um, I think that that might give them a little bit of a bump, but the larger trends are not in their favor. People just aren't buying physical copies like they were. And if they do, they can get them on Amazon. They don't have to deal with anybody at GameStop. No offense, Amir, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I buy a lot of my games digitally because either they're indie and that's all there is, or I'm just lazy and I like just being able to switch games on the fly. Right. You don't feel like going outside. I get it. That pre-install is pretty sweet too, right? Like playing as soon as a game is available. I did that with Ori and it was awesome. I mean, me, I'm all about physical games. I don't like having digital games just because I I like seeing them on my shelf. It's like a weird thing. It's just like I I get feels like a collection to me. You know what I mean? Um, actually, uh, in regards to GameStop, their retro collection is actually pretty good and very reasonably priced. Like I just bought the original, uh, Resident Evil on PS1, like a couple, few days ago. It was like six bucks and it come with a case, but like, you know, that's, if you buy that anywhere else, you know, you're looking at paying like 40, 50 bucks because it's such an old game. So, I mean, I feel like, because I know that they were doing that whole uh, retro restructuring where they're going to like start doing like pizza parties and oh, no. <laughs> shit like that. So <laughs> I think that that's a good route to take. It's funny them. because, yeah, there's a retro chain here in Austin called Game oh. Over Video Games, uh, plugging them just because I like those guys. But yeah. they do a great job. Yeah, they're, they're retro, some new, but the focus is really on retro. But they keep the stores like super clean and nice. Those employees know a ton about video games. There's a couch, there's a game system plugged in. You can just go check it out. Some of them have like museum displays of like, you know, sort of old school Ataris and power gloves and stuff like that. So maybe they're aiming for something, but like that's, that's a place I love to go just to sort of, yeah, chill. And I think maybe GameStop is trying to, to go for that vibe as well, but they're just so corporate. I, I don't know if they can pull that off. And grossly corporate, too. Right, right. Like, in all the wrong ways. Not like, yeah. you know, Apple, where they sort of trick you into, I don't know, thinking it's this sleek experience. Exactly. Actually, the, the GameStop I worked at in the same shopping center, there was a, a store called Play and Trade. And they were like one of those uh, retro, like like you just described, Brian, like one of those retro 
game stores. They had the couch. Uh, they would do like, you know, uh, birthday parties for kids. And it yeah. was all just re retro gaming. Um, but obviously I worked at a GameStop in the same shopping center as them. So uh, within months they had to uh, pack up and leave. And it sucked because I, I would go there after work. <laughs> like I, wow. I enjoyed going there. So yeah, there's a couple of spots around LA. I mean, growing up, I love my local game store. Like yeah. I think it was uh, the game exchange in Simi Valley, California. And I'd be there every weekend and I would just, I mean, it didn't even have couches or anything like that. Just like games that you could rent on the wall and yeah. glass cases with the old stuff and some new stuff uh, and imports and things like that. And I would just spend hours in there just trying to figure out what game I wanted to rent. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think about some of the places around LA, Game Dude comes to mind, which is a really rad place. And those stores are kind of doing okay, it seems like. Like Game Dude is a huge place. They have like sections of the entire like this very large building dedicated to the different generations of consoles yeah. like playstation and, and nintendo stuff and and like different corners of this building it's kind of wild so it, it's interesting interesting to see how those companies are doing okay like pink gorilla in seattle shows up at pax right um like those companies seem to be doing okay but they're, they have they have much much less overhead right they're right. a couple of couple of brick and mortar shops not not you know hundreds across the united states <laughs> exactly yeah, no, totally. Actually, uh, side note, there's a documentary that just came out. It's called Not For Resale. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I just watched it uh, a couple nights ago. It's really good. It's about like uh, retro game stores and like that are still around today. And it's actually it's really good, like really good. Uh, actually, Brian, that one of the shops in the documentary is in Texas and the guy has like an actual video game museum. Nice. Um, that I really want to go to. It looks really sick. You know, I, I think that you can do something because I think you can do something around the retro concept because people uh, of, you know, ranging from people who are in their fifties, sixties, uh, all the way to the present, I think have a lot of positive fond memories of, of games. And, and yeah. I think retro stores can bring people together, like in a social way, because gamers really, despite the, uh, despite the, uh, stereotype, I think most gamers love getting together and playing, uh, you know, yeah. or, or watching. So I, I think there's something you can do. I, I don't think the problem is GameStop, I think is still so big. It's like steering a battleship around. Yeah. It, it feels like just walking into like the Walmart of video yeah, game exactly. stores. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no personality or charm to it. I mean, the guy behind the counter, you can tell he hates his job. <laughs> I it's, actually, it's, I mean, I've met a ton of when I, when I go to trade in my stuff, a lot of the, the, the employees there are great. Like I can yeah. tell like they like, like it or, or, you know, they love video games and want it, but they're having to do stuff kind of out of their control. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the whole like, Hey, you want to uh, renew your power up right, card? Right, you want to pre-order right, this? Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it, but it that's the thing though. It takes that that charm out of it. That's They're having like, to make into, pitches constantly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I feel like that that definitely takes a lot away from the the experience of talking to someone about some old game that you know, like even getting like a recommendation from somebody. It kind of sucks when like having that like really cool conversation ends with you trying to sell me something. Right. And, and that's just a retail thing. Like uh, when I was in college, I had to work in a movie theater and 
part of the job was like if you were working concessions and they you had to upsell constantly. So if they right. were if they bought a medium soda, you had to say, "Can I?" you want a large for 50 cents more. If you didn't do that, you would get fired. Like they would tell oh, wow. us that. And so it's Jeez. just like ridiculous. Just, just uh, so I'm sure there's a ton, maybe not to that extent at GameStop, but like probably well, they'll probably get in trouble if they don't. I mean, no, you would, you would get fired. You, there was like a certain percentage you had to meet. Um, it was, it was pretty daunting. Um, but yeah, no, they, they would fire you hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach actually just walked in. Hi. Zach. I thought we barred the door, but. <laughs> hey, buddy. He's here. Yeah. Oh. You want to do your introduction uh, about half an hour later? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Patrick's the reverend. Uh, you're what? Uh, resident pear-shaped. Resident thick boy. pear-shaped. Brown boy. I, I don't have uh, one yet that I know of. I couldn't think of one for myself. Yeah. Um, but I'm Zach. Hi. <laughs> I was, That's good. No, I was we'll, on we'll episode two. Yeah. <laughs> and now on episode three. Yes. Yay. Welcome. Glad right, to have Zach, you. Zach, you're just in guest. time for our next segment. Not segment. Uh, one more story. Um, kind of an interesting one I noticed. Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Gorilla announced that uh, they're going to port it to PC. People got really mad about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real Did you guys mad. see the video? Did you guys see the video of the guy like videotaping his destroyed uh, entertainment center, his consoles on the floor? Yeah, apparently like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a joke. <laughs> apparently he was like kidding around, but yeah, there was some. I hope so. But it was, yeah, I'm glad it was a joke, but there were some legit people like, well, what's the point of owning a PlayStation now? So I don't know. God. Answer me this, Brian. What the fuck's the point of an exclusive if it's right, just going to come yeah. out on PC two and a half years later? To three years later, once everyone's already had a chance to play it. <laughs> right. Well, God, I, I think there's there's no reason to be that upset. I mean, it's just, if you enjoy a game and you want more people to share yeah. that experience with you, why wouldn't you want, it's not even, like, it's, yeah, it's an exclusive, but it's not like a God of War or a Last of Us. I mean, I, I mean, granted, I haven't played it, but it's, you want it's more people very to talk good. About and it to your point, um... Like if you give a shit about Gorilla at all, and you th and you want to support that studio, and you'd like that game, right? Um, why in the hell you would ever be upset about more people getting to play it and and more eyes getting on the game is beyond me. And more people supporting the company, yeah, that can like then go make more games. Literally, like that's it's. And I get I get people's frustration with like being you know in 2020, everyone's so embedded into like their their if if you are a non PC strictly player, like everyone's embedded into like their their console camps and like where you know where they they ever PlayStation's better because I spent my childhood there or whatever. But like you Me. you really need to stop thinking about things in terms of console platform exclusives. As we go further into these generations, it'll become it'll, we'll stop having console wars. We'll having launcher wars or whatever between. Oh, I like the Epic launcher more than Steam's or Rockstar's cloud or wars. Yeah, cloud <laughs> cloud wars. Um, so yeah, like I don't I don't understand why in the same way that you if you love a band and want to support them and hear you know have let them have success why why would you be mad if they're you know only on title like it's a no great point. make <laughs> make it as widely available as possible so as many people can enjoy this art as possible it's wild because with bands and stuff usually they start much smaller but Horizon was always huge that was always a great game <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? Gorilla is a yeah. flagship studio for Sony's first party <laughs> totally. which again I understand like that that you need those but bear in mind that this game came out in 2017 yeah early 2017 I mean like 
That was a I think long, that's more than enough time. That's more than enough time. Yeah, like any benefit that that PlayStation was going to reap from having that be an exclusive was that 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 fruit's long since dried up. Yeah, like, yeah. I I do understand buying a console even even now like buying a PlayStation because you want to play Spider Man, uh, you want to play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever. But yeah, you got three years with this game. Yeah, that's a long time. Even if you you are yeah. a, an exclusive junkie or whatever, you did you did get time <laughs> with that. I I don't know. Yeah, it it, it feels a little um, uh, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but just no, like, that's that's the right word. <laughs> <laughs> selfish, crazy, uh, taking it, things it's, way too and seriously, it's, and like frankly, it it feels really weird to be talking about to be getting angry about something like this. Yeah, when there are so many other legitimate things to be worried about in the world right now. We're in the middle of a global yeah. pandemic. I'm like, literally a pandemic is happening and yeah. there are so many people like, fuck you, I can't believe Gorilla would stab me in the back like this. <laughs> if you were a game studio and you had the opportunity to release your game onto another platform. Well, the thing is, Zach, you know, as, as a gamer, as gamers, we are immortal, so we don't have to worry about viruses. We are, we are, we are virus. Like we, this is our time. We have been prepping for this. <laughs> also, for from ages a from a business true. perspective, on the PS4, Horizon Zero Dawn has already done all its sales. Like yeah. it, it sold pretty much what it's going to sell. So from their perspective, I get why they're going to open it up to a new. They might sell another five hundred thousand or whatever a, a million on PC. That's that's an audience that that they didn't uh, didn't have before. before. That's why they're doing also, this. This is about selling. It sold. Let's see. By February of last year, it sold over 10 million copies. One of the best selling PS4 games. So it's done. It's made its money on PS4. If you are a console elitist too, though, like, think about this. If you're if you only play games on PC exclusively. And we know that's a large slice of the, the gamer pie, right? That, yeah. That's probably one of the biggest chunks mm, uh, between, all the, pie. between all the consoles. But Horse let's pie. see, you pick that game up and you love it, or thousands of people pick that game up now and play on their PC and they love it. When Horizon Zero Dawn 2 comes out for the next PlayStation, these people are going to be now more motivated to not wait. Well, maybe. But, but in theory, you would think that they would be motivated to not wait, you know, another three or four years. For, to, to, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. For them to re That's release it point. on PC. They oh, yeah. really just want to yeah. play it right away. And to, so. to your point, like also it, like the, the whole genesis of this thing is people that are extremely passionate about Horizon Zero Dawn and their play, the, the PlayStation exclusivity. And it's like if more people play this game and it makes more money, then that only bodes well for the future of the sequel. They will be given more money to That's make right. a bigger, better sequel. That's it's right. Like, yep. Like you will see that. Like even if like, it's ridiculous that you have to qualify it this far, but if that really is like the rabbit hole somebody wants to go down, yeah, you're you are reaping the benefits of this, just not immediately. You know. Also, right. also, if you have a PS4, you have a ton of exclusives that you have access to. You have God of War. Last of Us, Last of Us 2 coming, Uncharted, Bloodborne, Horizon, Spider-Man. Spider -Man. Like, there's enough there to get... Dreams. <laughs> dreams, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one. dreams. But, like, that, I, I feel like you have gotten your money's worth. I don't think anybody who bought a PS4 can say, oh, this wasn't a good... Like, I bought consoles that I wasn't happy with at the end of the day. The Wii U. Um, <laughs> shut <laughs> up. <laughs> you shut the hell up. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's still no, it's three one, exclusives were great. 
I hate when it goes the other way because I love the Vita and everybody just trashes that thing all the time. It was great. Yeah. It's one of the best handhelds of all time. I want, I want, I want like not, not here, but uh, we I want to start like a separate Twitter thread about Vita because I just got mine to work again after being bricked for over six years. And it was literally just I wasn't holding the button long enough. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> or the hard factory reset button long that, enough. That's yeah, what it was, yeah. Yeah, I, you do have to hold it for quite a while. I never yeah, had a true. Vita. I, I was big on PSP, but I never got a Vita. Real talk, a precursor to the Switch. It's crazy to me that the Switch took off like it did and the Vita <laughs> ahead of its time. The Vita uh, was ahead of its time. Yeah. The Vita also... This, didn't have a way to like easily dock it into a TV and yeah, play it like for, that. Right. So. For sure. Yeah, well, they, they had the PlayStation TV, right? You could, you could. It, it was, was not easy. It had it remote easy. play, oh, but right. it wasn't yeah. great. And stuff yeah. got yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, and and they they marketed that thing really poorly. I feel like it was also of, kind of expensive. I have a Vita. Yeah. I love it, but I don't think it had enough uh, first party stuff to really move it. Um, it's great. Uh, it is a JRPG machine. Uh, it's so great it for that. Like. You can play Splunky on it. Like there's good <laughs> stuff on there, but yeah, uh, it's a bummer. All right. If I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say really quick, if I've yet to play a persona game, do you recommend me playing persona five first or playing four golden on Vita? Go for golden first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I would, I don't know. That's the first time I've heard that recommendation over five. I feel like and usually people are now like five is the one. Uh, Either one. I mean, you yeah. can't go wrong. They're, they're standalone. If I think it, it just depends. Do you want to play something on your PS4 or do you want to try something uh, on your Vita? Oh, no. See, I love a good handheld then, RPG. Then P4G. Like, oh, yeah. 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 I've never played a Persona game, so I can't give you input. Sorry, Zach. Fuck uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, moving on. Let's go to Q&A. Let's go to questions from people uh, to wrap this up. Uh, we'll Let's take this home with some questions. Yeah, uh, this one comes from Jardazard. You guys cool you guys stamped your personalities into the show and really put your own spin on it, which I love, by the way. Now you've got a new podcast. Where is IG headed next? Where do you want to take the show or what new projects can we expect? To the moon. Sorry. <laughs> to hell. To uh, hell. <laughs> I'm going to uh, burn this place to the ground. Frankly, I mean, I think without, you know, uh, Autumn being here on, uh, to, in this room right Yeah, we are not right qualified now, to answer yeah, that or question. Connor or well, Patrick, well yeah. I was going to say, like, kill Autumn? you know, the good ship inside gaming, like, definitely Autumn, Autumn is, is, is the one that's controlling the kind of wins the most. But I, I would say that Brian, like, as the, as the writer of the show and the person that, that is essentially the genesis of every episode, I mean, like, I feel like you probably have... Uh, like a good, a good like basis of like the knowledge of the field of like where maybe inside gaming's ne- next natural kind of progression steps go towards. I'm the head writer. I just got a title. <laughs> head writer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> title change, baby. Um, VP of writing. Uh, my own. I can just talk about my own personal goals for the show. Um, I think. Um, what I want to do and am doing more. Uh, I got. We've got a story that's coming out on Saturday that I did. It's about Starcraft two. I hope y'all watch it just basically about how it's become a toxic dump and blizzard kind of let that happen. So I kind of looked into why that happened. Um, I want to do more. um, And I hope others do more too, of just like reporting, talking to people, talking to devs, doing interviews. Um, You know, I did a a roundup a couple weeks back where I talked to people who work at GameStop currently or past and just what their experiences were like. So 
I want to do more of that than and and uh, in addition to just the daily, you know, this is the big story of the day. E3 got canceled. Everybody's going to have a story about that. Um, you know, uh, Call of Duty Warzone comes out. Everybody's going to have a story on that. That's great. And we need to do that because that's the nature of having a daily channel like this. But I, I want to do, we used to call it in newspapers, like, uh, enterprise stories or enterprise reporting. So mm. just some more uh, exclusive stuff like that that you can't uh, find in other outlets. So that's that's my own thinking. Yeah, that's like super that. exciting. I mean, one of my favorite things, and I might be alone in this because they usually don't do well on the internet, but just developer interviews. And yeah. Dev Diaries got a little bit gross, you know, in the mid uh, 20, 2010s and even before that. But but I like that stuff. I, I like learning about games. Like I love all the Noclip stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know oh, if no we ever make great. anything like that yeah. here, but but that's the kind of stuff that I'm into. And, and when when I do get opportunities to work on, like you said, that StarCraft story, man, it's super exciting for me. And that's the it, stuff it I is, like It is tough because some of those things, uh, you know, some of these videos that people do the real deep dives on, they take months and months and months to, yeah. to do. And, and we just don't have that luxury. Um, I, I respect the hell out of the channels that do that and love watching them as a fan. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's, there's more we can do in that area. So that's, that's my plan. Yeah. I mean, also just to kind of speak to the more immediate future of the channel, like, you know, obviously we're not, uh, with everything happening with coronavirus right now, like a lot of COVID-19. COVID-19. Yeah. It sounds more menacing. Um, <laughs> like a lot of, a lot of workplaces are, you know, trying to, are scrambling to try to figure out how to, how to do like a, a remote situation. And we, while we don't have anything yet like locked in, there's there's a like always a really decent possibility that that might be the become the reality for us um, here in LA, at least. Um, that uh, that so was like, a question. How would we can do another question? How would a coronavirus quarantine affect inside gaming? Okay, yeah. Well, from the, Logan, that perfect setup. Yeah, okay. I mean, and again, I, um, nothing's locked in yet. So uh, please take all of this with a grain of salt. But we've we've had conversations about what this show would look like. If we need to do it from home, what um, like how we could continue to cover the daily news and in, in a in a timely, it would be like some real uh, bedroom vlog shit. Yeah, no, like do, like to make up, no guys? mistake, the show would, would would look very very different um, if that comes to be the case. Which again, every day that passes seems to be more and more likely. So again, not like you know nothing yet, but I mean, for all that we know, by the time this episode's published, that mandate could have come down from from. The overlords. So, and like, if that does come, please don't be shocked. Don't say, oh, this channel's really gone downhill because we're trying to protect ourselves from a goddamn virus. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> Sorry, continue, Zach. Well, yeah, and it will be I, like literally the, the doors are locked. You can't get in. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but, but yeah, like, I mean, we, we all, I don't know, but, you know, I know, Amir, you were, you were not there the other day in the office when we were talking about it, but we, we had this like really thorough conversation about what that show would look like. Um, and personally, I'm, I'm kind of like, I have this weird like excitement about it. I'm like, yeah, like let's let's do it. Let's see it. Let's see yeah. let's see what this cool like temporary iteration of the show looks like if if it comes down to us, you know, because at the end of the day it'll be like, hey, uh, we're all going through this bullshit together. So yeah. it, it'll be nice to like you you know have that kind of a more intimate more show with you personal. guys. Yeah, watch it completely tanks the fucking channel. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna be butt ass naked yeah. for every episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just you know. I, I, if we have to do it remotely, I think we will. I mean, I, I do it remotely every day. So well, I think uh, we can figure out something, even if it's all of us just doing voiceover and, and a lot of B-roll edited over that. You know, I, I think we'll figure it out. Yeah. 
We'll be it'll be 90 minutes of Amir pissing on a garage door. There you go. <laughs> All right, moving on from Logan. What's a game that's universally praised that you think is overrated? God of War. No, yes. shut up. God, get off game. this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I, to be fair, I think I'm only like what eight uh, hours. We well, haven't beaten the new God of War. New er God of War. It's old. No, now. I got about. I got about. I got to the lake. Dude, and then I was like, "I'm this kind of boring me." No, else that game is so good. It's so goddamn good. Uh, God, for a game that is universally praised, but I think is overrated. I mean, for me, I'd have to say it's it's a very uh, very left field game, but Binding of Isaac. Hmm. I oh, could not get into man. that game. Okay, yeah, and I wasn't I, into that. Yep, no. Nope. Yeah, and I, I remember everybody was just like, just wouldn't shut up about this game when it was like hot, and I just I couldn't get into it. I mean, I know that game like. It came from Newgrounds, right? Like it was like a flash game initially. Uh, I mean, all of um, sure is it Edward McMillan? Is that the guy who makes Meat Boy and, and Binding Isaac? I think, I think his so, yeah. the style started in Flash. Like he he was big into Flash, and it feels um, flashy. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's just kind of his his style. So even if it isn't, it it definitely is uh, yeah. mimicking that style a little bit. Well, how about this, fellas? Out of curiosity, I just Googled. The most overrated games, uh, Evan. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me say mine so I so people know that I'm not faking it. Uh, wait, what's most? Oh yeah, no, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I just wanted to say uh, I'm about to lose any fans that I ever had, but I think that <laughs> that Bioshock Infinite for one is super overrated, and I think even the first Bioshock is a little bit overrated. That, actually, yeah. I want to change my answer to that. <laughs> I'm taking Evan's answer. I tried playing the first Bioshock, and the controls. I, I couldn't get so into sorry, it. Sorry, I didn't want to take no, my, no, no. my pick from your list. No, that actually played, worked out really well because not only are Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite both on this list, I want you to, it's at the bottom of the list, I want you to scroll up and tell me what the top game on that list is. Is it Binding of oh Isaac? Oh my God, this is, this is, it says, I'm reading it here. No, 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 just scroll up to the top of the list. It's the right under the, the search query. What is that first game in that list? Oh, okay. Sorry, where Zach had left the phone, I thought it said Final Fantasy VII. No. Nope. Uh, and I, I was crushed. Oh, but it no. does say, on the web, the most overrated game, God of War. Oh, uh, thank you, uh, Evan. Thank you for, for uh, that. I'll put it I don't. Uh, that's well. Uh, it did. No, it did get a lot of those Google praise, collated lists from some dumb. <laughs> that's crazy, website. though. That that's was insane. so good. It, it was amazing, and honestly, God of War, the new that that God of War specifically was the first game at the point at the time when it came out was the first game I actually completed in a long time. Like there is a point where I was, I would play a game, set it down, not come back to it. But God of War was actually a game when I started, I'm like, I can't stop playing this game. Hey, the, the, the ax throwing is, it felt incredibly nice. satisfying. It felt oh, so, good. so good. It's so very good. good. <laughs> like so good. I will not deny that that game is not in- impeccably made. Yes. I just think it's not, for me. Well, mine is kind of in that universe, um, and I, I don't necessarily think it's overrated, but I could never get into it. Witcher three, huh? That's a mm. that's a that's a fair answer. Um, I don't, mm. and, and I I've tried, and I'm gonna try again. I I need to. That's one of those I I want to because I feel like there's something there because so many people have said how great it is, but I I right. just haven't been able to get into it. Yeah, did you did you get through Bloody Bear and stuff? Because that's a pretty early quest that got a lot of. Uh, praise i don't even remember it's been so long yeah. I, I killed <laughs> i, I think scared, like yeah. the first sort of boss like a mm. like a, a dragon or something but that's all i can sort of very vaguely yeah. remember i feel uh, like you probably got to just dig into one of those storylines but yeah, 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 yeah it's totally fair yeah. remember if something's 
popular, then it sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good rule to live by. Right. Just, yeah. just you can't like it if more than one or a couple of people do. Exactly. That's, that's how the world works. There you go. All right, next question from Caleb Hammer. How much of your free time does Damn, gaming take up? Is it too much or not enough? Not enough. Not enough. Uh, it depends on the day. Um, there are days where I should be working on a video for my personal channel, and I just end up putting on my VR headset and playing Boneworks for like five hours and just not... Putting like, on my VR headset and playing Boneworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a VR porn game, Zach. Are you uh, sure? <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could be. I mean, it is a physics-based game, so you could uh, clap some chicks, as it were. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like I mean I've got kids, so right. it's it's like every second is is so precious and valuable yep. to me of, yep. of of like time with my kids, obviously, but also like time to play games. It it becomes a lot more regimented uh, of a thing that you actually kind of have to like plan for. Before you could kind of just like sit down and be like, oh, I'm just about to lose three hours. That's fine. Yeah. But but you know, with kids and stuff, you, Do you, you play games like, with their kids. Okay, this is when I can play. What was that? Do you play games with your kids? A little bit. Yeah, they're still pretty young. Like oh, my okay. oldest daughter is three years old. So oh okay. So, oh. I, I let her God check stuff War. out. Perfect. She likes like Breath of the Wild and Mario and Aww. stuff. Like she knows who the characters are. But yeah. But like I, I can't wait to to play games with them. And Brian, you got kids too, right? So you're probably in a similar situation. Yeah. Uh, mine are a little bit older and, and when they get older, you can, uh, you can play more games. So yeah, uh, they're into Stardew Valley right now, actually, which is really cool. But yeah, we'll play smash together, Mario Kart, stuff like that. So it, it does nice. get more fun, but yeah, definitely agreed with what Evan said about your, your time becomes so precious. You can't just sort of, you know, get home from work and spend eight hours, you know, just grinding <laughs> Lock on Lock yourself in a room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, it's, it, it sucks, but also probably good in many ways. Um, yep. but yeah, I, um, I, I'm definitely more into um, different kinds of games now. Like I'll play at much shorter intervals. Uh, so, uh, you know, more portable stuff. I'll still play, you know, a, a big console game or a big PC game, but yeah, not, not as much time as I used to. Yeah. I feel that's uh, fair. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like a, a pretty uh, common misconception for people that work in the games industry is that, is that everyone spends all day playing games. Just um, glued to our controllers. And even, even like, yeah, and like even places, you know, like at Machinima, we used to stream uh, like an hour and a half every day uh, for a while. And so a lot of people would just comment and be like, oh, it's so lucky that you guys just get to play games for a living. And it's like, oh, no, 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 I promise this hour and a half is <laughs> is one sliver of a very packed day full of other shit that I promise right. you is not games. But like also the other side of that coin is sometimes when you're doing like gaming shit all day for work. Sometimes you want to get home and do the exact opposite of even look at a game, um, which like for me, it is not always the case. Like for me, I just kind of go into like turn off brain mode and I'll, I'll usually end up like in the same way as you'll just end up in bone works for five hours. I'll just I have like a bunch of friends and like my brother and a bunch of my brother's friends and we're all we'll do like Call of Duty together. And it's yeah. just absolutely not meant to be anything constructive. It's just like, just dude, a good let's casual. Just, yeah, let's just do gunfight for like three hours. So, right. Yeah. Uh, that's, but that's, that makes sense. I, I'm also like a, one of those like one at a time games gamer people, Same. like where, where like I don't tend to hop around a ton. It's so like right now my game is, uh, is Final Fantasy 10. Yeah. Uh, the HD remake. Um, and man, like, 
oh, I cannot find enough time in the day yeah. to play fucking Final Fantasy Ten. It's because that game sucks to play in like thirty minute bursts. Right. Yeah, it's not made like, for that. Yeah, you yeah. got to play the game like six hours a time or nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, Doc Conrad. Interesting question. If you had to have a job that didn't have anything to do with video games, what would your new dream job be? <laughs> uh, pressure washer. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Seriously, <laughs> like, oh, I, you were telling me about the satisfying videos you watch where I, people no, pressure wash shit. Genuinely, I think it would be some. <laughs> yeah, the guy that cleans the cars with yeah. the with the steam vacuum thing. Yeah, no, I think I, I think I'd, I'd go into pressure washing. Okay. Yeah, I had a friend who, <laughs> who a good friend of mine, uh, his family owned a car wash, like a self wash car wash, and they have those like pressure washers. You put the coins in and fire them up. And he, he was small enough at the time that he would pull, uh, put coins in two machines at the same time and then use two pressure washers to hold himself up. Hell the yeah. Wow. Like 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 Iron Man. Yeah. It was great hanging out with him because he always had quarters for like the arcade and stuff. <laughs> this is, we always got to have that token person in your yeah. friend group that has quarters. Yeah. It was amazing. Awesome. Shout out to Scott. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I mean, well, okay. So I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this because, I mean, if I'm not working... In the job I'm in now, I would want to be doing essentially this, but maybe not for games. Um, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but I do a personal channel. Obviously, I would like to do Go that. Go ahead and plug that. Go ahead and plug it. I, I don't want to plug it. I don't want anybody. I don't, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. But, you can't cross the streams, Zach. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, <laughs> I, I do uh, commentary, and I would like to do that full time. That would be great. But I mean, doing this honestly is essentially that. So I'm already kind of doing. That that's a weird way to answer a question. But, but what, what if you couldn't? What if it, you couldn't do a game related thing? What would you do? I would become a pressure washer. New York City fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> so if I had to do a job that wasn't gaming related, oftentimes I think, and I've worked in a lot of uh, different like really large office buildings uh, over there, like in Santa Monica. There's like MTV where I worked at for a little while, and there was like got to work out street and. Um, Naughty Dog and and like I worked at Yahoo across the street from there at one point, which oh, is yeah, another Yahoo building. Was next to Sony Santa Monica. But one thing all these buildings have in common is like a security guard who kind of just sits in the lobby and hangs out. <laughs> and we even have you know security yeah. detail here uh, who, who you know makes sure all, all our stuff is is legit. And uh, that's probably what I would do because it you seems like you would have guard. the most free time. You could record a podcast. Nobody's gonna pay attention to you. You could play games. You can, can do whatever you want. A security Read a guard recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, to, to that point, uh, hey, I have seen welcome to security more than a, more than a few Reddit posts or, or whatever's of like people that um, work in in like those little security booths in outside of parking lots of like well, the corporations. That's different. That's that, a little scary. Uh, right, but they do like the the graveyard shift in the middle of the winter. Yeah, so they're like. Like, yeah, like here I am in my tiny little security booth. Uh, it was absolute blizzard outside. I got my space heater and I got my little TV and I'm just sitting here playing like Breath of the Wild. I'm like, you know, <laughs> that sounds kind of like it's kind of crazy. My cute little box playing games and I'm, yeah, shit all to do all night. And yeah. it's like, granted, maybe playing a video game isn't the first thing that a security guard should be doing. Yeah, so that's true. Vigilant, but yeah, that is true. I, I mean, in most scenarios, you know, you hope nothing goes wrong, right? And in a lot of the cases where I, I've seen these uh, type of security positions, they're usually inside in a nice like office, yeah. like corporate yeah. farm, right? Yeah. Where you're not really going to see much. Somebody gets lost and he's using a bathroom or something is probably the extent of it. But yeah, no joke. That's my retirement plan right now. Okay. What Brian, about you, Brian? Yeah. Are you uh, you going to be a security guard or a pressure washer? I would I would do stand up. Uh, probably oh, yeah, yeah. full time would probably be like 
the dream job would be one of those like huge headliners, like your Kevin Hart level that just Dave flies Chappelle. around on jets. Yeah. Yeah. And just does, you know, gets a ton of money just for stepping on the stage. So yeah, yeah that, that would definitely, I, I that's aside from video game, uh, stand up is my other uh, big love. So yeah, that would Which, be it. Which, by the way, Brian, you you already do stand up. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I mean, stuff. like, you're very funny. Thank you very much. Uh, I yeah. just mean, like, if we're talking about for a living, that's what I would do. Right. So you basically, want, like, a we've Netflix just confirmed special. that inside gaming is the only thing keeping Brian from <laughs> absolute trajectory to the moon, Kevin Hart style. <laughs> no, there are many things keeping me from that dream, like being forty-three years old. There's a lot of stuff. Right. That, that's a good point. That's hey, man, point. if you ever make it big time and you need your stage clean and you need a security guard, he's not going to do much. <laughs> you let us know. You got two pressure washers and a security guard. Yeah. So we got you. That's the eighteen, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're coming up. On on the end here, let's do one more question from Zach Armantrout. Armantrout, a uh, great question to end up on. What can I, as a random viewer, do to help make sure you guys succeed? I love the content. I love the direction. I want to help make sure you guys can keep doing what you're doing. Aww. Zach, first of all, thank you so much. You're awesome. Um, I That's would just really say, um, you know, from our perspective, you know, uh, listen to the podcast, give us a nice rating, uh, you know, a, give us a nice review. I think those things do help and tell a friend if you like it uh, as far as that's for the podcast as for our videos, just watch them, you know, yeah. tell a Comment friend if you nice. like it, share them, yeah. pass that, I pass mean, that love around. I think a lot of us read uh, like all of the comments. All of the comments. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I yeah. read any video I'm in. I, I read all of them. And I'm most deep of the in the I'm comments. In, yeah. yeah. So leave I a comment for sure on the toilet. If I if you see if you write a comment on a video I'm in, I'll probably read it while my pants are down. Yeah. Zach does poop so a lot. So just know that. Yeah. So keep that in mind before you uh, comment something along the lines of "fuck these soy boy cucks." Why? Why? We're the old guys. Uh, my, my butthole's suspended over water. Yeah. <laughs> when you say that, I mean I think those are funny, but yeah, yeah no, they, they are. They are. I funny. don't encourage that behavior. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So, yeah, I mean, like Brian said, I mean, I, you know, Evan and I were fairly new, but we, we want to see this, yeah. this channel succeed. I mean, we, we understand, obviously, there are new people, uh, you know, carrying this torch of something that's been around for a while. And, uh, you know, obviously, it does suck to see people uh, constantly commenting, asking, like, where are the old guys? Uh, you know, where's this person? Where's that person? I mean, it's, I understand it's understandable. the, the 100%. enthusiasm, right? But yeah, it's, it's understandable. But I, I mean, as far as like, you know, showing your support, that's, that's really it. You know, just watch and, uh, you know, leave I a mean, nice comment here and there. I was going to say, like, like, me, like, kind of mega quick story time, but, um, you know, you have I, five like seconds. I, but I mentioned like uh, just a minute ago, like you know, I uh, used to work at Machinima. We talked about this on on last week's episode. Um, and for anyone that for the whoever doesn't know, Inside Gaming started as a Machinima show with the, the guys from Funhouse, with you know people that we are coworkers, our friends, Adam and Bruce and James and Lawrence, and they all started Inside Gaming at at Machinima. The kings. and when uh, at right, and then when they left Machinima to go start Funhouse, you know, Inside Gaming got was was like okay well we got to just put a new cast into it and do it and that's i started at machinima just as like it was like cleaning up in the wreckage of the funhouse guys leaving and and trying to clear a path for 
pressure washing the new in the new inside gaming crew that consisted of like you know chloe dykstra and brandon winfrey and phil jasicki and all those guys who are, who are to be fair very very talented but like they were put in, in an extremely awkward position where it was just like all right here's this really successful show that is based almost entirely on these set people's chemistry and yank those out now you guys try to do it with like basically the same branding and everything else for the most part um, and and nowhere near as much corporate support, and I feel fine saying that. No, the Machinima fucking doesn't exist anymore. But like <laughs> that show definitely didn't get enough resources and runway for it to be successful on its own volition. So now that I and I say it, the reason I'm saying this is as somebody that's seen multiple iterations of Inside Gaming and never expected fucking Inside Gaming to be this significant portion of my career. Uh, as somebody that is working on this team right now, I can say with confidence that like the guys. Uh, was when the excitement to bring Inside Gaming back was so palpable and so tangible, and the fact that the kind of cast ended up where it is now has very little to do with people just being like, like main old dudes being like, "Fuck this, I'm out." It's like, look, like when people left Funhouse, like that's a lot. Like Bruce and Lawrence left some very big holes to fill, and like that's the reason you don't see Adam on anymore is because like he's fucking busy with yeah. Funhouse. He's incredibly busy he's with Funhouse. He's always at his desk. Yeah, like, he's he's a, he's very very busy. Or in yeah. a hurry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like the guys, I'm just so grateful that the guys gave us um like a, a really good runway to like yeah. ramp up to the, being yeah. having this era. Like we they it was seated well. People in the comments always talk about how how it wasn't just like a light switch. It was like a gradual thing where everyone got to know everyone else and by the time it was time for like, you know, a formal handoff, you were like, "Oh, we've been doing this for a while." Yeah. So yeah, that all that, that said, yeah, the best way to support us is just like like Brian said, just engage with the content. Like make it make it so that people that are our bosses See that, like, oh, this this channel does have blood pumping through its fans, and people do do like this. Yeah, follow people on Twitter. You know, follow the hosts and and all that. And and if you see them post stuff about a video they worked on or something, retweet that or share it. That's it's all super helpful. And yeah, like uh, my first video, I was super overwhelmed by all the positive comments that that I got. And even if the views were like middling or like okay or whatever, like at least there's all of that positive engagement. It just lifts you up, you know. Yeah. So even if you you know, sometimes you get a video, you do a video, and it doesn't hit how you want it to. But seeing those those comments and seeing people excited about the content you're making is always like worth way more to me than than however successful it is. And that that was that was the point I was trying to get at is you know, be be nice, be supportive, be constructive. Um, but I mean, there there's commenting stuff like like I said, uh, soy boy cucks. It doesn't help. It's not constructive. <laughs> but you know, freedom of speech. Do you do you boo? Brian, what were you, what yeah, were you Brian, saying? Yeah, Brian, I disagree. Say whatever you want. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. You can call me a cuck. No, I, I think <laughs> I, I do think with YouTube, uh, just the nature of YouTube, I think people expect the same host day in and day out, year in and year out. You know, uh, if you go to certain, because a lot of these channels started with just one person and that's who it is. Um, so I think it's, I think it's tough when when the original crew leaves. Uh, you know, I think we're going through that right now. I think the the people who have stuck with us have been super supportive. So uh, yeah, just uh, keep giving us keep giving us a shot, and uh, we really appreciate the the feedback has been really great. And I think 
a lot of people have embraced the new crew, both on YouTube and in the podcast. So we really appreciate it. Um, We're going to keep doing it as long as we can. We love you guys so much. And I think that is going to end it for this episode of Send News number three in the books, boys. I feel good. (laughs) Yeah, we did it. Any final thoughts? Anybody? Anybody want to tell a joke? Maybe spit some rhymes? To Brian's point real quick, like really, if if you're one of those people that is uh, down with this new crew and like have have been watching, like seriously, thank you. It's it's, like that that base has been (laughs) amazing. Like you guys are so supportive and like even when you guys have uh, criticisms, they're constructive and they're well thought out. Yeah, it's it's been pretty positive. Yeah, especially by YouTube standards. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, obviously, um, I mean, I'm sure I could speak for Evan, but uh, as the new guys, you know, it's been pretty cool just to be, you know, welcomed. It's it's definitely nice. It was uh, a lot of pressure to come into the spot as, you know, Lawrence was on his way out. So it's uh, it's definitely a lot. Um, I It's a lot of pressure to not fuck up, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, day, you haven't yeah. hit the six-month hazing point yet. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I, I have not gone on sabbatical yet. And you, you were here for how many days before Lawrence announced his departure to us? Uh, probably about a week, not even. <laughs> not even a week. <laughs> yeah, that, so, I, like I feel like if you, don't mind, yeah. if you don't mind me like lifting back the curtain on that for a quick second, literally yeah. Amir had just started and we went out to, we, we like, Lawrence was like, all right, let's go out to a team lunch. Keep in mind, I thought it was like an introductory lunch. Like I thought it was <laughs> like, oh, cool. It was like, oh, we just got a new team member. Let's go. I'll yeah. go to a team I'm lunch. quitting. <laughs> and then it was just like, yeah, we all sat down, got seated at the booth. We like got all our food orders in, and it was just like, all right, all right, I got some news. <laughs> oh, that's right, y'all okay. are new. We haven't shown you the goblin yet, the inside gaming goblin. <laughs> goblin. Yeah, you're gonna be gobbling these nuts pretty oh, soon. Oh God damn it! <laughs> Booyah! Oh, that's a good thing to end on. Cut Jeez. it there. Good I night, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> Take care, guys. Uh,